Welcome to Third and Nerd, the show that breaks down everything nerd culture with a little sports thrown in. On the show, you'll hear discussions about the latest superhero movies, TV shows, and comics as well. You'll even hear interviews from the artists and writers who helped create the characters you know and love. So strap on your super suits and fire up your flux capacitors, because here are your hosts, Josh Webb and Adam Howes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an all-new episode of Third and Nerd. Ah, uh, we are back, and this week is with Adam. Hello, Adam. How you doing, buddy? I'm very good, sir. How are you? Um, having a day, man. I had to, uh, I had to put down my best friend this morning, uh, after 13 years of, of love and, and endless friendship. Um, he slept by me every single night, but, uh, he was in pain. He was in pain. He had lost all his weight. He wasn't eating. He wasn't drinking. He couldn't find a spot to get comfortable. He was constantly, you could just tell he was in pain. Um, so the thing I keep telling myself as sad as it is, is that I did a good and just thing for my best friend. I, 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 I took him out of pain. He doesn't have to suffer anymore. Mm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the, the sad part of being a pet owner, unfortunately. Yeah. And I would say that this podcast is not going to be as depressing, but the subject we're discussing today uh, to be Peter Parker and Spider-Man himself. There's a lot of tragedy there, man. So, um, Adam, why don't you uh, why don't you introduce our guest and uh, and 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 kick it off with your first question and we'll go from there. I'll jump in right after. Okay. So, uh, folks, today uh, on the show, uh, we have a gentleman who is a uh, editor-in-chief for ScreenCrush.com. He's also a member of the New York Film Critics Circle, and we have him here today to talk to us because he is now the author of Marvel Spider-Man from Amazing to Spectacular, which is uh, a heck of a read, and the gentleman's name is Matt Singer, and here we are, Matt. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Um, so uh, let's get into it because um, I've got some questions. Uh, firstly, um, I guess for like uh, our listeners who may not be familiar with like you or your journalistic work, why a Spidey book? Uh <laughs> my journalistic work in the field of Spider-Manomics. Uh, I, uh, I, for me, it was uh, just I was just lucky to write it because I've been a Spider-Man fan my uh, pretty much my whole life. I mean, um, if people get the book, they'll see 
uh, my bio uh, and the inside cover of the of the book is like, um, you know, he does this. He edited this website. He's written for these people. He, you know, he's got a wife and kids and his parents swear that his first words as a baby were Spider-Man, which is like it might not be technically true, but it's very close to actually true. It was like among my very first words as a child. <laughs> Was was Spider Man? Although at that age, you know, we're talking what a year or whatever. I called him Meme. He was Meme, but that was Spider Man. Uh, <laughs> so even at a you know barely verbal age, I was a Spider Man fan, and and um, pretty much never stopped. I mean, so now I'm almost thirty nine. <laughs> I don't know how old I am, but, uh, I hear but, that man. I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, I have, there. I have two small children. I don't remember anything. I'm lucky if I remember my name in the morning, but, um, yeah. So I just, something that I've, uh, absolutely loved since, you know, all, all those years ago. So I just was stupidly lucky that I got the opportunity to write, um, basically a history of Spider-Man comics and, uh, I could not have uh, been more excited to do that. And was just absolutely like an actual dream, maybe an actual dream come true. I probably had dreams like that where I've written, written uh, books about Spider-Man and then, I don't know, probably was running late to class or my teeth started falling out. But the good part of the dream came true, at least. And I got to write a Spider-Man book. What I love the most about it, man, is is that it, it it don't get me wrong, it is a book. There there is authorship in there, but you also allow the pictures and the artwork to speak for itself in many chapters, where you find that the chapters are somewhat dominated by artwork. And I don't say that as a negative. This is this is not a turnoff in any sense. You you I don't think you can appreciate comics as a medium without touching on both. And and I was surprised and 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 very very pleased with how you balanced the amount of art in the book with the amount of of commentary contained within the book and also history too because you're filling readers in on on many of these decisions and and i i love the early anecdotes in the beginning because i think a lot of us knew the the story stanley had told about how he came to the decision to try spider-man because you know amazing fantasy was ending he you know his wife told him why don't you just do one book that you want to do yada 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 we all know that story but then you filled readers in with like editorial ideas, like if, you know, specific editors that hated the idea and and that thought it was a bad idea. And, and you sort of you cover uh, uh, how how uh, Stanley ended up choosing the artist uh, uh, for Spider-Man. And and again, there's just so much great artwork in here. And I guess the question that I have is. How, how was that a conscious decision to put that much artwork in there, or did you find as you were writing that the book necessitated those pieces of art? Right, right. So this is this book, uh, Spider-Man: From Amazing to Spectacular, uh, is published by this company named Insight Editions, and they um, they they have made several books. It's not an official like series with like, you know, this is number one, this is number two, this is number three. You don't have to read all of them or or in any order. But they have done several books like this um, about 
other characters. I have their Black Widow one that they that they did that was sent in a Marvel loot crate box, and it's very very similar to to what you did. Right, exactly. Yeah, there's Black Widow. There's a Guardians of the Galaxy one. There's a Black Panther one that's really good. And so, you know, basically I had been in touch with, I I had done some other work for the publisher and they wanted to do a Spider-Man one. And I just happened to kind of (laughs) poke my nose in at the right moment when they needed a Spider-Man writer. And I was like, I want to do it. Let me do it. So uh, uh, that was basically how it happened. So it, it is, it wasn't really my decision. The assignment when I got it was you're making one of these beautiful art books that's sort of part history a little bit of criticism or contextual analysis in there and a lot of the artwork. And the other thing to know, if you haven't seen these other books, is that they're they're huge. They are bigger than the size of a comic. I, I don't have the exact dimensions. I don't have my copy in front of me. But they're, you know, I would guess it's like 50% larger than your standard comic book. I, I would and, say it's a little bit larger than that. Like maybe yeah. – Maybe the size of a of a decent a hardback novel that you would take on a plane, right? It's like a it's like a uh, like a coffee table, yes. You know, and so it's huge. So so you not only do you get to see all that beautiful artwork you were mentioning, and yeah, a ton of time went into into picking all of the artwork in there, um, but you get to see it bigger in almost every case than it was originally like published. So you get to like really see the details in the artwork by Steve Ditko and, you know, John Romita, Mark Bagley, Todd McFarlane, all these people on and on down the list. You know, it's it's um, like a 190 page book and there's lots of artwork on just about every page. So, yeah, it, it is it is it'll, it'll you'll sort of if you don't know the history, if you don't know those stories you were mentioning about Stan Lee and. And Steve Ditko and, um, you know, Mar- I think Martin Goodman was the publisher of, of Marvel, who was the guy who was like, it'll never work. Spider-Man, this is garbage. <laughs> and uh, and um, so you'll get all that kind of stuff all through. You I know, loved all that through... anecdote, by the way. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, no pun intended. Um, but, yeah, you'll you'll get all the stories from, you know, about the making of the books from 1962 up until – you know, we, we, I finished writing it basically like the very end of last year. It kind of goes up to the very end of uh, Dan Slott's run. So the most recent stuff isn't in there. But pretty much everything from the very beginning until last, very late last year is in the book, is covered. And, um, and yeah, you get tons of beautiful artwork. You get lots of stories. I interviewed a ton of people for the book. Um, yeah, I mean – I mean, honestly, like, uh, I, I'm not kidding around when I say, like, I have a diehard Spider-Man fan my entire life. And the way that I, I looked at it was I'm going to write the book that I would have wanted to kind of read um, when I was a kid. You know, when I was a kid, they had these awesome, um, like, kind of, you know, similar books that they used to publish about, like, the history of Marvel Comics and stuff. And, like, every year for my birthday, I would get one and I would read it over and over again. And I didn't have a Spider-Man one. And so to me, my sort of goal with it was I'm going to do the Spider-Man book that I never got to read as a kid, basically. And so, you know, it's not just for kids, but I feel like it's a great kind of introduction to the character if you don't know a ton about him. And if you do know a ton about him, it's just also a great kind of, you know, stories you don't know about the making of him and an awesome kind of collection of all the artwork and uh, just a great kind of history of the character. And hopefully it's it's uh, it's pretty fun too. you know, I, I, I would I, when I say history, I think maybe maybe to some people that sounds kind of dry. But I, I 
Hopefully. No, it's, 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 it's not. It's very, it's very, and I, you know, this goes back to Adam, but, but it's very, it's very well written. It's not a dry read with, like, you get with, with a lot of, and I know I had, I did a master's program in history. I tell you, man, there are some dry reads. This is not that. The history is written, I think, in an engaging way. You engage the readers quite well in that regard. The only criticism I have of these books is that my blind ass cannot read the tiny print. <laughs> Um, but, but these books are just an outstanding compliment to characters that you know and love and that you may not even know all these stories. I, I find that even if you are a comic guru, there's, there's still stories in there that you're like, I did not know that. And I don't think I would have ever come across it otherwise. So Adam, what you got? Um, uh, Matt, I know like, uh, we just, you sort of just touched on like the, the art, in the book and you know there's 183 pages of like you know of of bright and colorful art spanning like you know the almost 60 year like rich history of the character i'm just interested to know like what was your criteria because i know you helped pick a lot of the art what was your criteria for the selection process for the book um you know that's a good question i think for me it was kind of a combination because you wanted to you want to have like the classics because you you want to uh you know for someone who doesn't know spider-man all that well beyond you know maybe the movies or the cartoon and is, and is curious more about the actual comic books um because it is the book is really just about the comics it's not about all the ancillary stuff but i you know maybe if someone wants to hire me to write that book i would be more than happy to do that one next as a sequel but it's just this one's just about the comics so you want to definitely have like you know, you got to have stuff from Amazing Fantasy, you know, of course, and you've got to have like the very famous issue. I think it's Amazing uh, 33, I think, with, you know, Peter uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man lifting the, the gigantic weight as it's, uh, you know, crushing him and Aunt May needs him to bring him, her the medicine, you know, so you got to have like the classics because, you know, those are the most famous and most important moments in the history of the character. But you also kind of want to mix in things maybe people haven't seen, even if they are fans of the comics as well. So um, the cool part is we could kind of, uh, when we were doing it, me and the editor, we, you know, I, there wasn't really anything that was like, oh, you can't put that in. You have to take that out or we have to, you know, it was very, it was very much what we wanted to include. And so, um, you know, I, had 30 plus years of research for <laughs> to write it, but I also definitely uh, went back and reread uh, a lot of stuff I'd read before and maybe hadn't read in a while or tried to find some stuff I hadn't maybe ever read because I certainly hadn't read every Spider-Man comic before I wrote the book. I still haven't now. But, yeah, you try to find a, a nice mix of, of the classics um, and then and then the stuff that you think maybe could use a shine a little spotlight on it that you know maybe people haven't seen before that they should um they should take a look at uh and then you know i'll be honest there were one or two that were like i was just incredibly sentimental about myself that i like kind of <laughs> elbowed my way into the book there's um there's a cover in um one of the chapters early on in the book and um it's the cover of amazing spider-man 68 uh crisis on campus is the very dramatic uh, <laughs> tagline on the cover. And it's uh, this great uh, John Romita uh, image of Spider-Man swinging over like a bunch of college kids who are 
you know, protesting. Right. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a book from the late 1960s. And the reason that that issue is in there um, is because that is one of the issues that my dad, who was a big comic book fan, gave to me. He, he collected huh. Spider-Man comics as a kid. He, uh, he um, had a huge collection. Uh, a lot of them got thrown away. <laughs> as, as often happened. <laughs> As often yeah. happened uh, uh, to, to young men of his generation, his mom threw a bunch of them away. But but he kept some of them, and so I got a you know when I was when I first started really like reading comics like obsessively, you know, because obviously I had seen Spider Man cartoons and the Electric Company was a huge thing for me as a kid. I loved the Electric Company and Spider Man on there. But when I first really started obsessively reading the comics, when I was in my Early teen years, my dad gave me the ones he had left, and he had a couple of Spider-Man, but he had, but that one was one of the ones he gave me, and I always loved that cover, and I used to read that issue. You know, I still have it. It's sitting actually uh, not that far away from me. It's in the, in the other room, and um, I just love this. So I just love that issue. So when I had the chance to uh, uh, pick a few covers that were going to be in this book, I, I really wanted to have that one in there, kind of for purely for sentimental value so yeah there's a it's a kind of a, a, a mix of a lot of different things of how how uh, the art got chosen for the book that's cool like you know, if you're if you're writing a, a book that is a history of a character and you know you've got so much to choose from i think you know when you're putting so much time and effort into it you've got to sneak some of those like sentimental things in there like it's very cool that one was for me. I'm sorry. I had to put one in there just for me. That's the only one. Everyone else has, <laughs> has, uh, has a, you know, has a different uh, meaning. But that one, that's the that's the sentimental one I, I put in there. I'll, I'll be honest. You're getting you're getting this this you're getting the exclusive honest truth right here. Sorry. <laughs> we, we we needed something huge after Vincent D'Onofrio being our last guest. So this will. I yeah, think it's going to blow up the internet for sure. I, that's 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 kind of what I'm thinking. Like I, yeah. I almost was like, dude, we should just stop the podcast right here and make <laughs> sure we tweet that. It's going <laughs> to. No, I, I I I feel like this is. I'm sure you're going to get asked about it a million times. So let me be the first person to do it. Uh, the clone conspiracy with Spider-Man is a hotly contested issue amongst fans i find that there are no people who exist in the realm of oh yeah it, it, it's cool no you either really like it or you have a really strong opinion about why you hate it i've noticed i happen to have liked it um you kind of get into it in maximum clonage um which is a chapter dedicated to you would guess cloning uh, in Spider-Man, what what were your personal feelings about the clone conspiracy? Did were you one of the? I liked it. Like I get, I get, I get the criticism surrounding it, but it didn't stop me from enjoying it. Uh, are, are are you are you in my boat or are you in the boat rowing the opposite direction? Are we talking about like the the clone like the '90s clone the, saga books or that more recent? That more recent one that came out that was I think was it called the Clone Conspiracy? I I feel I, like I, I should be talking in like a nerd voice. Was it I, the I'm Clone talking. Conspiracy or the Clone <laughs> Saga? Which one are which clones are we talking about? Uh, I'm I'm too coughed up or I or I backed up in my nose or I would attempt an impersonation to go right along with you. 
Um, I am talking about the '90s one, the one okay. with the, the one with the jackal, the one right. that the, right. that created uh, uh, Kane for all intents and purposes, sure. Scarlet yes. Spider. Okay. Uh, yes. But I I found that like I said people are are really are really hot going one way or really hot going the next there there right. exists no middle ground with this what what say you so for me I mean you know like I said I I was you know I started really obsessively reading them in my early teenage years and so within you know like I I could tell you like the first one that I sort of bought as a uh, eventually it became sort of my my collection like. That the, the first issue that I bought that after that I bought every single issue and I, re, you know, I went out of my way to read it. And that was um, Amazing Spider-Man number 365 by David Michelini and, and Tom, uh, Mark Bagley. And um, so that was not that far before the, the clone saga. Um, so I was that was like really like at the most fervent height of my sort of obsessive comic book dork teenage years. So I was I mean, I think like a lot of readers, I was pretty into it when it started. Um, I think even the people and I spoke to quite a few people who were involved in the creation of that storyline for the book. I talked to uh, Tom DeFalco, Danny Fingeroth, um, J.M. DeMattis. Like I talked to quite a few people who, you know, were, were, were involved in it and. You know, basically the vibe that you get from when you talk to them, and and I reread the whole thing when I was working on that chapter for the book. Uh, the, the vibe you get to me is like that it's it is a interesting, a very interesting idea for a Spider-Man storyline that just kind of got stretched like a rubber band until it snapped. It just kind of went on too long. Yeah, and when, when you talk to the, the the creators, what they say is, you know, that was made in like the middle '90s. Basically, at like the worst point in the history of Marvel, not artistically necessarily, although you might think that, if, you know, that's up to you. I mean, like, like fiscally, financially, like the company was really struggling. Like this is not far off from the period where Marvel goes bankrupt. Like it's hard to even it's believe they're selling off the, the rights to movies that they're currently gobbling back up. That's right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like this is before really any of those movies have happened like that's not even like uh feasible that marvel might even make movies that's that's like a concept that barely even exists the marvel movies that have come out to this point are like howard the duck and the punisher and the fantastic four movie that roger corman made that never came out like that's what a marvel <laughs> movie is at this point so this is a really low point in the company but when they put out this clone saga when they start doing it, the books are selling really well. And Marvel doesn't have a lot of books that are selling really well at that point. So basically the salespeople came to the Spider-Man office and said, you can't finish this yet. You can't resolve it. You've got to stretch it out. Sure. And so they, the, the people involved acquiesced and they, and that's what they did. And so this storyline that was supposed to go, you know, and I don't know, I don't remember what exactly they told me, you know, it's in the book, but however long, if it was supposed to go X number of issues, well, instead it went X plus 30 number of issues, you know, it just kept going on and on and on. And, and they couldn't really like even make up their minds. Like is Ben Riley is the clone. Is he going to be the real Peter Parker? Uh, no, he's not. Never mind. We, we changed our mind. We're going back to the, to the other way. So there was, there was like, it was just, um, at a certain point it was almost like it was snake bit. It was like, there were too many problems. It was going on too long. And there was all this kind of indecision in the background. 
But when you do go back and read it, I do think I mean, that's to me, that's like what you see when you when you read it is that there is a very interesting ideas in it, actually. Um, about Spider-Man, Spider-Man. I mean, when you read hundreds and hundreds of Spider-Man comics in a very short period of time, which I did uh, last year, you really see that like every good Spider-Man story is about, you know, Peter Parker and Spider-Man kind of at war with each other and Mm -hmm. how, um, you know, it's, it's a wonderful metaphor for, for life, not just the whole with great power comes great responsibility thing, which is another amazing layer that, was sort of baked into the character from the very beginning and is so beautiful and, and uh, wonderful. But just this idea of like your personal life and your private life being irreconcilable and every choice you make to further your professional life. And yes, let's just say that <laughs> Peter Parker's professional life is being Spider-Man for the moment. Like every choice he makes to uh, do something for Spider-Man always has an adverse effect for mm-hmm. Peter Parker and vice versa. So the interesting thing about the clone saga is like, it's almost like, like you look at the very first uh, cover, which is in the book, in my book is like Peter Parker and Spider-Man like facing off. Like mm-hmm. that's almost like the most pure Spider-Man image you could have. Um, and when you first pick up that book on the stands, when it was first released, you didn't know that was a clone, right? Like just the idea of Peter Parker and, and Spider-Man at odds, like it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. It is just like an, it's like, it is pure distilled Spider-Man. So to make that into an idea for, uh, a comic, I think absolutely is totally viable. And, and, um, they do some really interesting stuff with that in the beginning of the storyline, it did kind of go on a little long, did wear out as welcome. Yeah. But I, but I think there is good stuff in there and I I hope the chapter in the book about the clone saga kind of is fair. It it shows you the good and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't pretend it was all a a masterpiece. No, you, you were, you were very honest about it. The only chapter I did not read was the one on the ultimate, which I skipped on purpose because I I decided a little while ago that I was going to completely reread the Ultimate Universe from beginning to end, all seven hundred or so books. So I didn't I didn't want to, uh, even though I know a lot of what's going to happen, I didn't want to spoil some of the small stuff that might be remaining in there. Because um, I I am I'm legitimately I think halfway through my read of the Ultimate Universe. I just took a long break. I kind of need to get back into it, but I can. But but I can honestly say that you you covered, I think, a lot of the biggest moments in 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 Spider Man history. Like it's curious to me. Like you 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 have the Clone Saga. You 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 have the night that Gwen Stacy died. Um, you know, you obviously talk about the Ultimate Universe. It wouldn't be fair if you didn't bring up Venom, which you do. And you and you know you talk about the Spider Verse. This is a very very thorough book. How did you? How do you decide what to make a chapter about? Was it largely predecided for you in some vague, abstract way? Because obviously they're not going to hand you a completed table of contents and go here. It's your job to fit it into this. But I'd imagine that maybe they had some ideas that they're like, all right, we need you to hit on X, Y, Z, but you can fill in the rest. Was was that the case? Um, <laughs> the, the, the table of the t- – Table of contents, the outline, that was pretty much all mine. I mean, I, I worked on it with the editor of the book, but it was basically like I, when I got the assignment, I sat down and I said, okay, what are the, you know, I, I, what are the chapters? How do I divide the, the history of Spider-Man? How do I, you know, break it up? 
And this was the way it made sense to me, like that what you see in the book is pretty much what I um, how I how I sort of felt about it. And there was a couple of things where the editor and I kind of uh, maybe added some things in or maybe could, you know, condense some things here or there. But for the most part, this really is sort of, you know, I was like, you know, if you, I think if you know the character, it's kind of it seemed to me a lot of it was kind of, you know, the easy or obvious way to do it, you know, the very, you know, the, the origin of the character and, you know, Stanley and Steve Ditko and then the, the Stanley and John Romita section. And then, you know, sort of, uh, Jerry Conway and then Gwen Stacy's death and, and that, that era. And then I just kind of like went through and tried to include like, to me, the, 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 the books that matter and are important or that are just really, really great. And then, um, the, the other thing that I kind of added, which wasn't even originally supposed to be part of the book, is there's some really fun sidebars in in the book as well, where essentially I just had too much stuff. Like, you know, Spider-Man is such an incredible character and has had, you know, almost 60 years of comics that to do it in a book like this, like it, it's tough. Like the hardest part was not writing the book. It was like picking and condensing and trying to fit it all into the word count that I was given. Um, I could have easily written a book that was twice as long. Uh, so what I ended up uh, convincing um, the publisher was nice enough to let me do it was like, let me throw in a couple of little extra, you know, sidebars where if I couldn't quite fit it into the sort of story of a chapter or if I was talking to somebody and they gave me a really interesting anecdote or interview, I would try to use it. So like um, there's a, a sidebar about, you know, like Craven's last hunt, because I couldn't quite, it didn't quite make sense within the chapter, the era where it was, you know, where I, where it came up in history. It just was kind of feeling weird in the chapter where I was writing it. And I was like, let me break that out. And so it gets its own little spotlight, because that's such an incredible story and really important in the history of Spider-Man. Um, and then like, you know, like I talked to Mark Miller, Mark Millar. I don't even know how he pronounces it. Is it I, I say Millar. Okay. I, I don't even know. I say, I say Villa. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the fun things about comics is like you, you just see their names on a page. You don't hear them pronounced too often. So I'm sure I'm, I might be pronouncing all, a lot of people's names wrong. And if so, well, I that's, if that's the case, then Mark can like, we, like, I'm pretty sure we've all butchered it. So Mark, yeah. if you're listening, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah uh, upbraid yeah. us and, and let us know how it's pronounced. He can, he can yell at us, but yeah. I, you know, I emailed him and he was nice enough to give me an interview and, like, we, you know, of course, he wrote one of the most kind of shocking Spider-Man comics of all time, which was in Civil War, where uh, Peter Parker revealed his secret, ident- his secret identity to the world. Every time I uh, talk about the actual comics, I just want to talk like a dork. But um, he told me some stuff that he told he said he had never told anybody before. And so it seemed like it would be uh, it would be ridiculous if I did not include this in, a, in the book in some way. So I ended up giving that whole kind of chunk its own little sidebar. So I think there's like uh, maybe six, somewhere between six and eight little sidebars throughout the book as well, just to try to cram as much stuff into it as I possibly could. The footnotes are are genuinely a fun companion to, to uh, to the actual content within the chapters itself. Like, the footnotes make for a very fun read. <laughs> it the, seems the, cap, the captions, 
the, the, the captions for the art, you mean? Is that the, no, 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 no. The actual footnotes contained on the side, uh, where if you have a uh, an item listed, that the, there are th- items like right on the side of it. Uh, yeah, I think they may be the captions for the art, right? Uh, but they're just kind of listed on the side as like footnotes, somewhat. Uh, but but they're they're super fun to read. Yeah, yes, I I had some fun with the um with the, with those. Yeah, because yeah, I had to that was that was part of my assignment too was in addition to helping select all the artwork, I had to write all of those myself and oh. seem and uh <laughs> yeah, so um partly to amuse myself while I was doing doing that and also just because, you know, Spider-Man is a funny character and um there's not You'd a, be disappointed if you didn't. Right, right. So I felt like that was a good place to kind of like almost like uh, uh, have a little spider Spider-Man wisecracking tone. So you'll find, um, you know, uh, uh, if you do read those captions, those footnotes, you will find that a lot of them are a little, a little sarcastic, a little winking. Um, they do have all the information about who drew, uh, who illustrated all these pieces, which is very important because it is an art book and you absolutely want to give credit to everyone who drew these incredible pieces but you you also are you know I also had a little a little fun with a lot of them yeah that's that's where you'll find some some jokes for sure if you if you take the trouble to read those little captions you will hopefully uh you'll enjoy them cuz i i mm-hmm. certainly i certainly enjoyed writing a lot of them I, I, I can attest, I can attest to that. It's not just the author saying cool crap about his book because he wants you to read it. They genuinely are a fun read. They're, they're a great compliment, even though they're not a compliment. They're sort of, <laughs> that's what's meant to go there, but the way it's, it looks like a compliment and they are a great compliment to the stuff that's in there. So I, I agree with you. And I'm not just saying this because you're our guest. I promise. That's okay, you can say it because I'm um, I'm your guest. I don't care. I'll take. Yeah, it. That's true. Yeah. yeah, like we're kissing his ass, but as soon as he leaves, we're gonna be like, "Boy, that book sucked." <laughs> it, I, that that would be a complete lie. I, I, that was me joking around. Uh, no audience member should take that seriously. This book is great in every way, and you need to pre-order it. Uh, I believe it comes out October second, right? Uh, October fifteenth. October 15th. I got that a little bit wrong. Okay. I should know that. It's a couple, couple months after my birthday to the day. Um, Adam, what you got? Um, Matt, you were talking like, like throughout the conversation, but just before you were saying about how, we're talking about Mark Miller and uh, his contri- contribution to the book. Um, obviously, like throughout like the chronological sort of nature of it, you, 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 have everyone from like Roger Stern to Jerry Conway and uh, Brian Michael Bendis and a host of other like uh, Spider-Man sort of stalwarts, you know, chiming in, which is once again another great aspect of the book. Um, but for you personally, that, that had to have been like as such a Spider-Man fan, like a, an absolute hoot to have like these first-hand insights coming in from such names, who, you know, luminaries of the of the of the title. Uh, yeah, that was for sure. That was absolutely one of the uh, the highlights for me was uh, doing all those interviews. They were definitely they were a pain in the butt to to uh, to to get them all to happen because there were there's quite a few of them in the book. I I, I don't know the the final total, but it's upwards of a dozen, fifteen, somewhere in that in that range. And about like seventeen, like or something like that. Was actually. it that many? Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's a, it's quite a few. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, and these these I should say that these folks they gave so I mean they were so generous with their time. Like 
there wasn't a single person who once I, once they agreed to do it, like they just like, uh, you know, I had like, like a two hour conversation with Brian Michael Bendis, like a two and a half, three hour conversation with Dan Slott. It was like, once I got these guys talking, they just didn't want to stop. And I, I certainly didn't want to stop them either. Uh, Cause it was just, uh, it was incredible. They had this, the stories that they had to tell. It was so great to hear the, you know, kind of origins of all these books that I have loved so much. How like, you know, like in the case of like somebody like Bendis, like how the ultimate, universe which i was reading you know i have the the complete uh you know the whole ultimate spider-man complete set which i was you know reading from the from the beginning like that how did that happen and and how did you get to be the guy to do that and you know uh, stuff like that so yeah i was you know like talking to jerry conway and roy thomas and and uh bendis and slob and and um, Roger Stern, uh, uh, Straczynski is another one that, oh my gosh, I love his, and his Spider-Man rereading them, I thought were even better. I, lo- I loved them when they were coming out, but I thought they were even better than I, I, I remembered. Um, so yeah, that, you, you, uh, yes, this is a very long-winded way of saying yes, that was an awesome thing for me. And uh, I, yeah, it was the kind of thing where it's like you pinch yourself because you're like, this is, I'm getting you know, paid to do this. And I would have, you know, just, uh, I would have, uh, you know, uh, sold all of my possessions to do stuff like this. So, you know, the, 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 the that, that, uh, 12 year old that bought amazing Spider-Man number 365, I was like, you know, communing with him on a regular basis, writing this book. It was, it was really, really fun. It was, it was, it, this was, a, it was a lot of work that I worked really hard on this book. I really cared because I love and care about the character so much, but it was like, the easiest hard work I've ever done in my life. Cause it was like, I'm writing about Spider-Man. This is awesome. Yeah. That's very cool, man. That's very cool. That's like, you know, like the stuff you sort of dream of, like as a kid, um, over to you, Josh, what you got my man. I was going to ask, what do you think of the different eras of film with Spider-Man going from Garfield, McGuire, and now Holland? Um, you know, I, well, the, the, the first ones, I, the, the, the McGuire ones, the Sam Raimi ones, I hold like very dear to my heart because, you know, the, the, the 12 year old, uh, Matt Singer that I've mentioned a few times, the 12 year old me, you know, couldn't have conceived of living in a world that we live in now. And, um, with all of these superhero movies in general, but especially, you know, Spider-Man movies. So when that, you know, that first uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie came out, that was like an actual, like, mind-melting moment to to watch it. Um, Just the fact that it existed at all and it was good and, and, you know, that it was so kind of, it really captured the tone of those classic comics and and, and the, the costume was perfect and Tobey Maguire was so great and... Just everything about it, I really uh, loved, and the sp- the second one was even better, and the third one, you know, certainly not is the weakest of the three, but it's one that I, I still actually I have some affection for and think there's some uh, fun stuff in it. And then the, the the Garfield ones, I just never felt like they really quite. Um, I don't know. There, I don't. I, 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 some people love those two movies, and you know, more power I thought- to them. 
I thought what they nailed with Garfield was his wisecracking as he fought. You didn't really get that a lot with Tobey Maguire, and I thought they nailed that part with Andrew Garfield. I'm not saying the movie as a whole was amazing. Just that aspect of pinning down that part of Peter Parker as he fights in the comics. He's always saying the dumbest stuff. It's always, it's always, you know, wah, wah. <laughs> but that's what makes him great. You can count on him to do that. And uh, I thought they did a great job of adding that in with him. But, yeah, I mean, the movies left a lot to be desired for sure. Right. The other good part about those movies was was him and Emma Stone have a lot of chemistry mm-hmm. together. Um, so mm-hmm. all of their scenes are, are really great. I think that where those movies are really kind of uh, – they, they really struggle is with some of the stuff with the villains in, in both movies. There's a lot that just uh, doesn't make sense and is very bizarre and kind of reeks of a lot of – rewriting or editing or it just they just don't feel cohesive in a way that the the that the Sam Raimi ones especially the first two Sam Raimi ones do. So to me those were kind of a those were a little bit of a a disappointment. But you know, I really enjoy the 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 recent ones. I think Tom Holland is is a great Spider-Man. I think that um you know, obviously the Marvel Studios guys love Spider-Man and have done a great job of, uh, you know, kind of treating him as like, you know, doing a good like teenage Spider-Man, which is something I don't think either of the previous series did quite as as well. Even the Tobey Maguire ones, you know, he's, he, he's, he's I guess he's in he is in high school in the first movie, but he's, you know, he's kind of feels like a 25 year old high school or even then and within the first like 45 minutes of the movie he's graduated from high school so i feel like the, the this series it's kind of fun to have this younger uh spider-man which is really great and of course the the spider-verse animated movie um from last year might be the best spider-man movie of them all I and mean, i thought that was absolutely oh, incredible is. um i i just i've seen that movie a ton of times already so um you know that that was great. I, you know, I know they know they uh, just kind of announced that they're going to continue the collaboration between Marvel and Sony, and I'm I'm personally glad. I think uh, I think that's what everyone really wanted was uh, just just keep keep doing what you're doing. It seems to be working. I, I was so. ind- I was indifferent. I I I genuinely was. I I feel I feel is like the movies are fine, but uh, I don't know. There's just something. That that I like, you know, you've obviously gotten Ned. That's a complete ripoff of of you know Gank in in Ultimate Spider Man, and that kind of bugs me because it's like that's a key component to who Miles is. And now if you do that later on down the line, it's going to feel like Gank is a ripoff of of Ned, and it's completely not the case. And um yeah, I I don't know. I I I here's where I'm at. I'm kind of at the point where I've seen so much Peter Parker. I am ready to see Miles Morales get his shine on. Like I just I I am. Like I feel as though we've hit almost every major Peter Parker moment uh uh that 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 really is is essential to hit on screen and now i'd like to see like i i genuinely would like to see what happens at the end of the ultimate um and 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 you know miles taking over because because parker died um i thought 
I personally think that would be cool. <laughs> well, I mean, that was part of why I liked the uh, the Spider Verse movie is that you did get to see uh, that that other character and all, all of the characters, and, oh, you yeah. know, including that like you know that middle aged uh, Peter Parker that definitely didn't hit close to home at all. That sad, pathetic, um, you know, uh, aging middle aged slightly uh dad bod spider-man i definitely couldn't relate to that character in any way at all so yeah <laughs> so what as a uh and i'll toss it to our producer because i know he's got some questions but i uh, scotty what do you got oh um, there oh, yeah man there like are. i would say since we're talking about kind of all of these different iterations of Spider-Man, do you maybe have a favorite moment from one of the movies that really sticks out to you, Matt? A favorite moment from the movies? Hmm. I mean, there's the, the, the first one, I guess, that's coming to mind is the, the and this is not like a very bold choice because it's probably the one that a lot of people would mention is from uh, Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2, the, the sequence that's like the, the, the train, Dr. Octopus and Spider-Man fighting on the train, Spider-Man saving the train and losing his mask. And you have that wonderful kind of schmaltzy but very sincere, which... I mean, that's very Spider-Man to be very um, sincere about, you know, whatever emotions you're feeling. Um, uh, that moment where, like, sort of the, the citizens of New York kind of protects the, the prone Spider-Man, Peter Parker, from Dr. Octopus and then give him back his mask and are like, we won't tell anyone your secret. Um, I don't know. That's that, that moment is one that... Um, yeah, I think it really gets to a lot of the, the, the special things about Spider-Man, including that, you know, like I'm sure some people when they see it say, oh, it's so schmaltzy or it's so uh, sentimental or, you know, it, it's it, it certainly isn't subtle in its imagery and its emotions. You know, like there's the shot where they're like carrying Spider-Man after he's kind of collapsed and it's almost like he's Spider-Jesus. There's a little bit of uh, religious mm-hmm. imagery to the whole thing. Um, but again, I really do think like um, you read so many of these Spider-Man comics like, yes, Spider-Man is a character who likes to joke a lot, you know, in these like you were mentioning before. He's always wisecracking during the fights. And that's one of the pleasures of all of the comics is that they're funny and they're fun to read. But like when you when you put aside that, like he's like the most sincere the hero, you know, I think I even say this in the book, maybe either in like the uh, introduction or the conclusion, it's like Stan Lee loved to call Marvel fans, true believers. And it's like, Spider-Man is like the ultimate true believer. He, he cares. He believes, you know, the whole with great power with comes great responsibility. Like that is like, he believes that and he cares. And so the wisecracking is like almost like a way to it's almost like he's trying to be cool you know like he's trying not to let you know how deeply he cares yeah i always yeah. saw it as a coping mechanism to right. be honest yeah i kind of do the same thing i have i'll have humor at very inopportune times you know and 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 it's my way of dealing with it because 
I've had so much pain and suffering in my life that I that I very much want to deflect some situations with humor. So I always kind of thought that's what he was doing and related to him in that regard. But I also think you could read that so many different ways and still fall in love with it and feel like it represents you. That's kind of what's amazing about the character. Scotty, what's up? And then also, as we were talking about all these different iterations of Spider-Man that we've seen on screen and also in the comics, I mean, I've seen... Spider-Verse myself, and it, and you guys are right, it's fantastic. But Matt, if, if you had your way, what would you like to see the character of Spider-Man do next, or where would, do you want the character to go next, or where would you take him? Uh, in, a mo- in the movie, specifically? Yeah, let, let, yeah. Or, or any other medium. Well, I, you know, I, I know some, some people don't, uh, don't love the sort of the stuff that they've done with the Tom Holland Spider-Man where they've, you know, kind of made him um, sort of the heir apparent to Tony Stark in the mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I've sort of, I've, I've found it kind of interesting the way that they've done it. It's, it's certainly not necessarily based in a ton of comics. There have been comics where um, Peter Parker and Tony Stark got close, but certainly not like the way it's depicted in, in the movies is certainly very different. Um, but I, I, what I've liked about that storyline is it's sort of an unconventional, um, kind of very quiet, subtle, like retelling of Spider-Man's origin in a way. Like, um, this is something I think I've written on screen crush, um, that like, you know, they made a big deal with the first movie, the, the, uh, homecoming, that we're well, we're not going to tell Spider-Man's origin story again. We're telling you know we're just we're we're just going to assume you understand where Spider-Man came from. And they didn't do the stuff with being bitten by a bug and Uncle Ben and all this stuff. Um, but what you've seen over the course of these two movies is like it. He is sort of learning to be the iconic classical Spider-Man through these movies. Like he he often makes choices that um, I feel like in, uh, the comic book Spider-Man in many cases would not have made, you know, like choosing the path of less responsibility and then ultimately learning his lesson by the end of the film. And it does feel to me like they're kind of very quietly and subtly like making like this character who's learning on the job, learning to be the, the, the really kind of more classical iconic Spider-Man. And I've been, en- I've enjoyed that and, and feel like that would be the thing that I would want to see in this last one be like fully kind of, embracing those lessons and becoming sort of uh because because Tom Holland certainly can't play a, a teenager forever either like kind of just becoming a little more closer to like the kind of prototypical Spider-Man by the end of it and if they want to do something where because it seems like he's kind of uh they're, they were they were leaning that way although I guess the cliffhanger at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home does throw a little bit of a, of a monkey wrench in it but they were kind of I don't know. It seemed like they were leaning towards doing some of the things that um, Dan Slott did in his his run in the character, where Spider Man became almost like a businessman, like a, almost like a Tony right. Stark figure, where a he billionaire. had his own, yeah, he had like his Parker Industries, and and was like running this big worldwide business and selling uh, webware, telephones, and stuff. I I, I like that run. I mean, it, you know, I don't think you could. I would want to see that that Peter Parker forever, but I kind of enjoyed seeing that different side of him and. Um, uh, I think that would be an interesting way to go that they've certainly sort of tiptoed towards. Again, I don't know how the 
ending of the last movie might make that impossible. I'd kind of try well, not already, to spoil it. But. No, we've already spoiled it. So go okay. ahead. Like we yeah, had a full, we had a full podcast dedicated to the film, but uh, I appreciate you trying not to. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, no, you you are free to. We if if, right. if if you think it'll help you make your point easier, go for it. Right. No, I just I mean that 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 scene was pretty terrific. I wouldn't. I mean I just I wouldn't mind just seeing more of. Uh, of uh, J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson again as like the the Alex Jones of yeah. the uh, MCU. Like that it would be fine. It took somebody to point that out to me that that I was like, it seems weird that they did it like they did it, and somebody was like, they remade him into like the Alex Jones of, and I was like, I totally did not see that. And yeah. now I see it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. I mean, it was fun <laughs> just to see him at all, but it was like, you know, certainly a very uh, a very shocking. Uh, a cliffhanger, which is good for that kind of movie. And yeah, I don't know. I, I guess just following that, uh, that would be pretty interesting too. They've certainly left themselves. I'm glad we're going to get a third movie sort of in this uh, series, if for no other reason than to see what all the people that made this movie sort of intended to do uh, right. with the next one. You know, if, if Kevin Feige, if some of the other producers maybe you know, who knows, John Watts will be involved, but if if all the the folks involved, like if if they didn't come back to do, because I'm sure Sony was going to keep making Spider-Man movies, but if they weren't going to make sort of the story that was originally intended, that would have been kind of a bummer. I'm glad we're going to get to see whatever it was that they uh, intended, wherever they wanted to go with that big uh, uh, shocking post-credit scene. I'm 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 personally pretty excited to see what what they do with that. And then to to your guys's point, I really like the story that was presented in Spider-Verse. And I wouldn't mind seeing a live-action Miles Morales story at some point. I think that'd be kind of cool. Absolutely. I, I thought, uh, I loved, um, and my daughter loves, even though she hasn't really read any of the comics, she really loves Spider, Spider-Gwen. I guess that's not yeah. technically her name, but that's... No, you know, that's it what, is in that's the what comics. We, that's it what is. we call her in our household. You know, sometimes they call her Ghost Spider. She has some different names but uh she, yeah we we call her my daughter calls her spider gwen but she's she was a great part of that movie and um she's a really good great character too those her comics are, are wonderful so uh that's another character that has a little uh sidebar in the uh in the book as well so i would i would love I, I i don't know if they're actually doing uh i can't remember if i what i've read about like oh maybe they're talking about it or it's happening but like a spin-off movie just for her character would be wonderful too. I'd be very excited to see that. Take my take my daughter to see that. That would be great. Yeah, and I think with the way society is now, it's kind of ready for those different representations of Spider-Man, and it's it's really needed. To be honest, I, I do not disagree. I agree. <laughs> I uh. You know, I'm I'm a huge fan of the comics too. I'm curious. You know, uh, they they recently they took Peter Parker's uh, degree for uh, from him because of uh, uh, technically it was done when he when he was uh, possessed. Uh, his body was possessed by uh, Doctor uh, Octopus, and so right. it was really Otto's work. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they've stripped him of it, and they kind of had that little mini uh, Craven's Last Hunt sort of deal in there. Um, and, and I am curious, what would you do with Peter Parker in the comics? Because I, I I feel like he's 
the books are good, but I feel like he's in a period of stagnation, you know, like he's trying to build back up his name. That story I love, but there's been a lull of like, I think crap that Parker could, can do, get involved in, so on and so forth. So I'm curious what you would do with the uh, with the books if you had it. I, I think Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, by the way, is is probably the best book involving Peter Parker Spider-Man that that you can read right now. Yeah, that's a really I really like that book a lot. I'm I'm sorry that it sort of started after uh, the deadline for our book because I would have loved to include it in some way. It's a really 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 um, fun fun book, and I love the. The, the 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 take on Peter Parker in there I think is really really great and very mm-hmm. very kind of very classical uh, which I really enjoy I don't know in terms of like what I, I sort of like because I have read so many I like the storylines where we get to see something new it's always fun to kind of revisit the classics um, right and and kind of tell a very sort of old fashioned or classical story I, I'm a sucker for that stuff I mean I've loved you know, I've read all of them and I love them and it's fun to reread them and it's fun to kind of tell something in that style. But I always kind of like I actually have I enjoy when we see something we haven't seen before because I, I am so familiar with it. So like when Spider-Man becomes a, a multinational businessman, let's see what that's like. You know, I, I think that's great when Spider-Man joins the new Avengers. Well, this is interesting. This is something totally different. What's going to happen here? Like, I, I can't tell you I want to see X. But I do know that, like, when I see those new things, a lot of times I find those are, like, the most satisfying because it is something new. And it with a character as sort of durable and sturdy and resilient as Spider-Man, you know that they're, they, they can always sort of return him back to that primordial 20-something <clears throat> uh, bachelor who's, you know, working at the Daily Bugle or is struggling to finish grad school or whatever it is. It's like, very malleable. Yeah, but he but he 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 is such a great like he is so flexible. Like like what you've seen in like some of those recent storylines is that it's you can put him in in a, in a superhero team and see what happened, which is something they had never done for decades and decades. Or you can turn him into a a Tony Stark esque figure and and see how he behaves and what he does and. Um, yeah, or even just the idea of, you know, I think the Spider-Verse concept is really fun because it shows you how, how like, malleable even the concept of Spider-Man is beyond Peter Parker. I, I mean, I love that character, and I think it, Peter Parker is a incredibly uh, fascinating, um, relatable, funny, interesting, um, inspirational figure. But I also think it's great that you, like you were saying, that we can see these different variations of the character and i loved the, the original spider-verse comics i thought were great the, the sequel that they did was that spider geddon was that what it was called spider geddon i think yeah that yep. was that was super fun like i loved and i loved seeing all the weird funky alternate dimensional spider-men like there's yeah, like the one kind of Sp- fun the spider there's like one that's like it's a, it's like a, a billion spiders that thinks it's a person and it's called like spiders man like this <laughs> it was so it was so great man that was I amazing that one there was oh. one there's there's one world where aunt may gets bitten and becomes spider ma'am mm-hmm. i mean i thought all i i thought all that was just 
uh, fantastic. I really, again, I just like, I enjoy seeing like, throw me a curveball, you know, when like, I know, you know, when, and Dr. Octopus became Spider-Man for a while, which we definitely cover quite a bit in the book. Like that was a thing that was also very controversial at the time. And I thought was a, I thought was a fantastic storyline. And I actually think like, um, the Dr. Octopus that's come out of it has continued to be a fascinating character as we've seen him after that whole storyline to the point where he's, you know, sort of, I guess, you know, become a sort of a splinter spider, splinter Spider-Man say that five times fast. Like, you know, he's his own, he's off doing his own thing as a kind of uh, superior Spider-Man again. Like I, I thought, I thought he's a fascinating character as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love when they kind of break up, shake things up. That's that's what I always look forward to. Like you get a period where it's something you recognize and then it's fun to kind of mess with, break the toys and, and mess it up and see what happens and then put it back together again. And that in itself is kind of unique. I'm a big, you know, Superman fan and you would never see Superman be... Lois Lane or, you know, so it's kind of unique that Marvel did that um, with one of its huge tentpole characters and pretty cool. Yeah, it's like those, you know, those like kind of classic, like the imaginary stories of the 50s with with Superman, like where like, well, what if Superman was made out of gold? And then but in this case, like they all that character actually exists and gets to like meet Superman and have an adventure with him. And then there's like a hundred other supermen and they're all hanging out and it's very awkward and uncomfortable. And one of them is <laughs> secretly like Lex Luthor in Superman's body, you know, the yeah. superverse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's great. Adam. Um, <clears throat> just to bring it back to your, to your book, uh, for for a second, Matt, um, I think that's that's like one of the great things about it is like for someone like me who uh, stopped reading uh, Spidey like titles in the early nineties, like uh, just around about the time like Venom sort of came to prominence, um, and you know early you know perfect example of what I'm about to say was earlier when you guys were talking about like um, the the Jackal and the Spider Clone uh, saga, which you guys touched on which you actually touch on in your book. The, the cool thing about it for me was like, re, like reading the book from that point on when I stopped reading the comics, it was like, I got to jump back into like the character and also sort of see, catch up on stuff that I might've known a little bit about, but I'd sort of like curbed it. You know what I mean? Cause I just sort of had lost interest or it just didn't really sort of come back into where I was as a comic book fan now. And I, I think, you know, people who pick up your book, who are in a similar situation myself, I think we'll find that, you know, it's, it's cooler. Like it almost reinvigorates the character for you a little bit. Oh, I hope, I hope so. That's a, that's a great compliment. If that's the case, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I would hope that, um, yeah, if you haven't, you know, it would definitely something that I had in mind was hoping that, you know, people who read the book who either have never read Spider-Man comics or have read, like you were saying, like, Oh, I read, I've read these, I read it for a while. I lost touch with it. Maybe they would say, oh, this Ultimate Spider-Man looks really interesting, actually. This sounds really great. I'm going to check out the first trade paperback of this. Or, you know, like, oh, these, uh, these, um, you know, you can read all of these John Romita, Stan Lee 
Spider-Man comics on Marvel Unlimited, the, the app. You know, it's whatever it is a month. You can read every single Amazing Spider-Man ever published over there. Um, for we, one, stand, you know. we stand Marvel Unlimited very, very, <laughs> very often on this show. I swear to everything sacred and holy, it is the best deal in comics, man. It is the best way to get caught up. That's no. how I'm doing the ultimate stuff. Right. Is I'm doing it through Marvel Unlimited, and I'm just plowing through it. Right. But I mean, the vast, the vast, vast majority of 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 the research for this book was was rereading stuff on there or reading stuff for the first time on there. Yeah. I mean, like, even even though I have uh, a you know a, a million Spider-Man comics already, like physical copies, it's just easier to to read them on my tablet. Um. So yeah, it's it's fantastic. So. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I hope people check out the book. And if if uh, a particular era sounds, you know, interesting. Uh, oh, I've never read Marvel team up the classic Marvel team ups. And there's like, oh, there's some amazing artwork in these books. And Spider-Man and Captain America, Spider-Man and Black Panther, Spider-Man and Thor, Spider-Man and Hulk. Maybe I'll check these out. So, yeah, that that's 100 um, percent was something I hoped that people will do is like, it's a, if, if the, if the, the book serves as a gateway drug to the, the, uh, the, the heavier stuff of like real classic Spider-Man comics, that's, that's awesome. That something, something you just said just begs another question, Matt. And you talk about like tangible, physical, like copies of comic books, like, you know, Josh, Josh is a big fan of the app and, and I get it as well. Like it's, it's cool, but I'm, I'm a hands-on kind of comic book guy still. And I think I forever will be. So with that said, in your collection, what's the crown jewel that you own? Hmm. The crown jewel. I mean, I don't, you know, like I never was the kind of guy who went out and was like, I'm going to get, Cause I'm, you know, I couldn't afford to, like, I'm going to get amazing fantasy number 15. I'm, I'm going to get this or that. Like, you know, um, so the ones to me that are like the crown jewels are generally like the ones that have sentimental value to me that, um, that I've kept and I've read a million times and maybe had signed like that ish, that copy of amazing fan, uh, sorry, amazing Spider-Man number 365 that I have, like, um, I still have it. I know exactly where it is. And I, I, you know, I got Mark Bagley to sign it, uh, about 10 years ago. So that is like one of, you know, my most, uh, treasured possessions, uh, that I just like, not just a comic that I love, just like something that's like an object, a thing in my life that, um, is very, uh, meaningful to me. Cause that was the one for whatever reason, that one just like, just like, stuck in me i just loved it and uh to get it signed was really cool um what other ones i'm trying to think my my among the ones that my my dad gave me i mentioned a while ago you know my dad gave me the the remnants of his collection um and most of like the really big ones that he had didn't didn't survive unfortunately because he did have like amazing spider-man number one fantastic four number one they i did not get those but for whatever reason his copy of Daredevil number one survived, and I have that, so that's pretty okay. special. The very first um, uh, Daredevil. Let's see anything else. I mean, the one other thing—it's not specifically a comic book, but um, one one year at Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, um, I was there covering it and was just walking around after I was done and found one of the 
the booths that sell original art. And I found um, someone selling the back cover of an issue of Spidey Super Stories, which is the that was the Spider-Man Electric Company tie in comic. And the electric company was how I first discovered Spider-Man. You know, when I was saying meme as a one year old or whatever, like that was because I was watching the electric company and Spider-Man was a character on the electric company. So I found this amazing piece of the back, the back cover of, I think it's Spidey Super Stories number eight. I want to say it's either six or eight. I'm forgetting off the top of my head. It doesn't specifically say on it. Um, And it's this beautiful full page of a bunch of like teenagers um, uh, putting up an ad for uh, with like Spider-Man's logo. And it says like, watch Spider-Man on the electric company. And when I saw that, I was like, I have to, I have to own this. So I bought it and that's, that's framed in my house. I don't have a lot of Spider-Man stuff like hanging in my house, but I do have that. And that is, uh, that's another thing that I definitely, I think is very, very special and cool. Cause it has that again, it, it has that like, uh, you know, very nostalgic, uh, connection, personal connection for me because it's, it's, uh, the, the, you know, it's like the combination of the comic book and the electric company, um, which is really, really cool. That is very cool. And, you know, in touching on like Comic Con, we should also mention you're going to actually be attending uh, New York Comic Con, which is coming up shortly. Yes, and, yeah, next uh, weekend. You got, you got a booth there, is that right? You're signing in, in Inside Editions. Yeah, I don't know when this is when this is coming out, but Inside Editions has a booth there all weekend. I will be there on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't know the exact date. Whatever, whatever day this coming Saturday is. Is it the fifth? I think. Um, and it's Saturday afternoon, two thirty to three thirty. Me and also Andrew Robinson, who is the who did the he painted the cover for the book, which is absolutely gorgeous. So we have it's like a brand new painted cover. It is made, the fifth. Okay, yeah, the October fifth. And it was painted specifically for the book for uh, by uh, Andrew Robinson, and he's just he's going to be there as well. So it's like basically the only time I'm sure that we will ever be in the same room. You can get your copy signed by me and by uh, by him. He's the current uh, cover artist on Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, which we mentioned. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Saturday the fifth at uh, two thirty to three thirty at the Inside Editions booth at New York Comic Con. And you've actually like mentioned on Twitter, which I think is also very cool, like that, uh, you know, people who have actually like renowned other artists and whatnot who have contributed to your book will also be in attendance at the con. So it's a good opportunity, like I guess, for fans, um, who buy your book to, you know, make the rounds and see if they can get other people to sign it as well. Yes, I'm I, not just people who buy the book, people who wrote the book. My plan is to take my copy and walk around and get as many of them to sign my personal copy as I can. That's uh, that's how much of a, a dork I am. That's like my actual plan. Yeah, I, I looked well, it up. What do, I looked, what do we have to do to get involved in these shenanigans if we're not in New York? <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's, I can't help you there. I, this I'm is, joking. This is, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I just looked through like the artist alley and the guests lists on the website and it's something like 22 or 23 by my count like 22 or 23 people that for sure i are not just spider-man artists or writers or editors or whatever but like they are specifically either mentioned in the book discussed in the book or their artwork is featured in the book like 
Um, so yeah, those are like, those are the ones that specifically I'm going to be, uh, I should probably, maybe I'll try to, maybe I'll. You could legit do a scavenger hunt. You could create a, um, like a scavenger hunt for people if they so choose to get all of those signatures. Like, Hey, if you want to track down everyone mentioned in this book that I brought up or, or, you know, that, that, that should be mentioned, any, anything of the sort, you can create that list posted on Twitter. And I bet, uh, I bet you'd find there are plenty of completionists out there who would probably engage in, in the same behavior. I know, dude, if I were in New York and I'm not saying this to, 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 to get at anything, if I were in New York, I would do that. I would go for every name. I, the OCD in me would take over and I'd be like, <laughs> I must get every signature. I couldn't, I couldn't do it any other way. Yep. Yeah, I know it's a good idea. I, I, I don't know. I have to see if I can. I I, I want to make sure if I'm going to do that, it's you know I, I okay uh, with them. Fact checked it. Well, no, just like uh, make sure it's accurate at least to make yeah. sure. But yeah, if I can, if I have the time to do that, I should put it on uh, put it online so that if people do want to track down all the all the people in the book, they can they can do that. I, to me, that would be a really really cool is to have everyone. Obviously, some sadly, you know, some of the people. Uh, who are discussing the book have passed away. So that's, you know, it's not, it's not possible to do every single person, but um, almost everyone. I mean, that's definitely theoretically possible. That would be really cool. Yeah. I was just thinking, so, you know, obviously you're right. You, you, you can't get, you can't get some people they've since passed on, but, but, but of the, of the remaining that, that you can get, I know I'd try and track them down. I bet it'd be a lot of fun. I bet it'd be a lot of fun. If, yeah. And of course, yeah, you're right. Make sure everything's good to go before you send it out. But I'd be curious to see uh, at, at the end of all of it, how many people ended up doing that. If, 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 if you, if you're headed to New York comic con and uh, uh, plan on doing this, please let us know. I, I, I want to please send us proof. I mean, not that we're doubt you just send us the pit. I want to see someone <laughs> do it. Like, Let's go. Mm -hmm. Challenge is laid down on this podcast. Who can get it done? Who can get, <laughs> Who it can done? get the most signatures on their yeah. copy of Spider-Man from Amazing to Spectacular? Uh, hey, whatever <laughs> we have to do to help sell a copy, man. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll the, winner like, gets a, the winner gets a no prize. No, we'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. <laughs> if, you, if you go and you attend and you get it done, send us a picture, first person to do it, and, and, and I'll come up with a prize, you know, to give out. Maybe like a, a small Amazon gift card or something that people could, you know, buy, buy an album or hint, maybe a book, perhaps. Mm. Um, maybe a book called Amazing to Spectacular. I'm just saying, just saying. I, I like it. I like it. All right. Hey, um, before we get you out of here, I just, I want to ask for, for myself because I, I'm doing the journalist thing, but also kind of landing in writer territory as well. I, I am very curious how, what was a the process like for for sort of stepping out in one realm into another? Um, what were and then I would ask like, what's one thing that you you know either a absolutely detested in, about the process and didn't know it until it came up, or or 
now that you've gone through it, would maybe not necessarily do it a different way, but maybe have approached it differently? Or I guess that's some of this. I hope you get what I'm saying. And what's one thing that 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 you expected and and were right and 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 you know like that. that you thought would come your way and did and and were like yes those would be my questions about the writing process because i i'm very seriously considering maybe writing a book of some kind one day and and i i this this could be helpful to me and maybe some people down the line um it was there was a bunch of questions in there so if i if <laughs> i don't you know if i forget one or i don't hit it just let me know but i mean in terms of like the, the things I didn't like. They're really, I mean, I absolutely loved it. This is my, my first book. And, um, you know, if it's something that you want to do, I would go for it because, uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I've been working mostly as a writer on the internet for a while now. I, I did some other stuff, um, uh, you know, or I've done some stuff on TV. I've done a lot of different things, but I've never, you know, I've, and I've written a few things here or there for print. But most of the, the vast, vast majority of things that I've written are like on the Internet where, you know, you're writing it and it just goes – it feels like it goes down this, this – this, you know, the, the, the tubes, the, the Internet tubes, and it just goes down and it vanishes. And, and sometimes the website you wrote it for just goes literally down. vanishes and then uh, it's gone forever. I hate that. And it's just – and it's just um, – there's just – it's, it's it, you know, it, it doesn't feel very – it doesn't – have the same feeling as like when the when the when the copy of this actual book showed up at my house it was like it was incredible so uh i didn't i loved actually doing it every single step of this book i loved researching it i loved writing it i loved interviewing them. um so to me like the process was not painful at all i would have I, like i said i would have happily written uh twice as long a book i guess that was the that was the only part i didn't like was that i <clears throat> i only had a certain number of words i had a word count i had to hit and I was able to nudge it up a little bit with some of those sidebars I was talking about. Mm-hmm. But um, the the that was really the only part that I struggled with was trying to cram as much in. And I even had like a word count per chapter to make it easier for me. Like I knew I had a total word count. But one of the smart things that my editor told me to do, because this was my first book, was like, as you're outlining it, figure out how many words you're going to put in each chapter. And so then keeping to just the word counts in each chapter was was quite difficult at times because there's, you know, you try to condense the gigantic clone saga down to like, you know, whatever it was. This is the part I need to hear because this is me. This is me. I I. I overshare, I overwrite, like I struggle there. My editor is constantly saying, hint, hint, you can send less in. And I'm like, but this game really needed 2000 words. I I mean, (laughs) that's my problem. Right. Well, and on the internet, you can theoretically write as much as you want. Well, when you're writing a book, you do not say, sadly, you do not have that same luxury. So it is an, I mean, it's an interesting exercise, if nothing else, to force yourself to write to like an exact or close to exact word count. So, yeah, that was a little difficult at times, but um, it was a I mean, I guess part of the pleasure of it was that it was something that I really cared a lot about and knew a lot about and wanted to write about. That doesn't hurt if you're going to write any kind of book or anything. Um, if you're not passionate about it, if you don't care, you're probably wasting your time. Um find the thing that you want to write this many thousands and thousands of words about. And 
<clears throat> devote hours and hours of your life outside of your nine to five job, which is what I was doing. I was not sleeping very much when I did this book. It was, you know, nights and weekends. And, um, but in terms of like not liking it, I mean, I, 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 I wish I could come up with some clever thing to tell you, but I, 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 I really loved it. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to do a, a, another one. I'm working on a couple of things right now that, not quite as big as this, a couple of little things, but um, yeah, I'm re- I would be delighted to to uh, to do another one or several other ones. Uh, yeah, it was it was fantastic. I'm very happy with how it came came out. Uh, I, I know it's my job to stay here, say, you know, to, to be on here and be like, yeah, it's a great book, but I actually I actually believe it, <laughs> and uh, I it you know I, I I really feel like I got to write that book, like I was saying, that book that I always would have wanted to read. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it was it was uh, it was pretty pretty good. The the only yeah. other thing that was in there is like what's something that you would have you would have like having gone through the process like in book two is there like would you condense something a different way would you transcribe earlier like is there anything you change about your process that could be beneficial like now that you've gone through this. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe I mean transcribing. I mean that's just a pain in the pain in the name. Right. But no matter no matter what, um, there's no like good way to do it. Basically, <laughs> pay someone. Um, whether that's you do it, way. you pay someone. You use like yeah, website. I I I don't have any. I wish I had the uh, magical solution to that. That's gonna. <clears throat> that's going to suck no matter what, what you're doing. He who solves that is, is sitting on millions. Yeah, as a millionaire, for sure. I wish it was me, but unfortunately it, it's not. But yeah, whoever can figure that one out, please let me know. No, I, I don't – I can't think of anything – I mean if – I, I have no idea if I'll ever write another book like, like this, but uh, I, I, I generally – it wasn't easy. Like I said, it was not easy, but it – Sure. It it was uh, it was rewarding. It wasn't like it wasn't agony. It wasn't it wasn't painful. I've written things that were painful to write. Trust me, I, I've str- yeah. I've struggled. Uh, but this was not this was not that. Uh, I I uh, I can't. I wish I had an answer for you for that one, but I, I don't think I really have a uh, thing that I needed to do to do differently. I mean, I guess the, if I could do anything differently, I would have loved to have been asked to write this book like a, a year ago. Or a year earlier, so I could have interviewed Stan Lee before he had passed away. I guess right. that's one thing. Okay. That would be one thing. Um, you know, like I sort of got the assignment literally like two weeks after he passed away, something like that. So it was uh, the timing was not ideal in that in that sense. And certainly, I would have uh, loved to have uh, interviewed him about the origins of of Spider Man. That would have really been a, a dream come true. I did get to interview him one time many years ago, briefly for uh for uh, tv but uh yeah Lucky. i didn't get to talk to him about yes I, I i i agree i was um but i did not get to talk to him for this book which uh that would be certainly something if i could change anything if it was metaphysically possible i would i would certainly choose that that's matt. fair that's fair what's up matt, uh i was just gonna say to matt um you you said you, you could wake up with a couple of other things and Obviously, I don't want to pry too much, but I, I have a feeling that. Well, I've got. I'm going to have to ask the question: Is is one of those Jim Carter related? Like, surely? <laughs> uh, no, sadly, not yet. I mean, if it was up to me, it would be, but uh, no, no, nothing, <laughs> not, 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 not right. Nobody, so nobody's knocking down my door yet to write a, a book about Jim Carter. But if <laughs> if anyone would like one written, 
they can certainly contact me because I'm ready. I'm ready right now. <laughs> Say the word. Uh, for any listeners who aren't familiar with uh, the 1985 seminal classic that is uh, Jim Carter, I, I urge you to jump onto YouTube and watch the trailer. It is uh, an absolute uh, blessing that it, it is in existence. Mm. Is this, is it is this, a blessing. Is this, say, on the same level of blessing as that sitcom that was going around the guy who found that Rodney Dangerfield pilot that existed? Do you remember that tweet that was going around like a couple months ago where the guy found the pilot where this kid's this kid uh, when he's going through his life like uh, as he's facing decisions a, a Rodney Dangerfield pops up and gives him advice like it was just the world's best worst pilot trailer ever like are we on that level well I, I don't remember that I haven't seen that so I can't say for certain but Ooh, um, I feel if you need to all right I'll have to seek it out but um it's it is a ble- a blessing I think was the word sure a blessing a masterpiece a uh, a transcendent work of art all of the above if, if, if what you're describing is that then yes it is certainly comparable okay right. yeah all you got to do is like Google Rodney Dangerfield TV pilot and you'll you you'll find the story uh, quickly on the internet and then you'll be able to watch the pilot through the story and uh, or the pilot. Uh, trailer through the story and and it's it's worth the five minutes that it'd take you to track it down on the internet like it's it's just worth it (laughs) i will will find it so before we let me go what i like to do is i like to give our viewers the opportunity to let uh adam kind of touched already on new york comic-con but do you have anything upcoming uh any projects any columns any any articles any any anything uh that you would like to let the people know about um and and any appearances after new york as well by all means you can throw them in if you want this is your uh, time. Okay, thank you. Um, well, we don't have. I have. A, we're working on a few things, but nothing is like officially scheduled yet. So right now, really, the only the only signing I'm doing, yeah. If you want to get the book early too, the only place to get it before it comes out on October 15th, and it's Marvel Spider-Man from Amazing to Spectacular. That's the title. Uh, is at New York Comic Con. On, and I will be, they'll be selling the book all weekend. It's going to be the be title of this episode, by the way. So Perfect. fans, fans who are looking for the title, it'll be Scotty. Take note. It'll be the title of this episode. So all they have to do is take this and put it in the search engine and, and, and it'll come right up. Great. So, yes. Yeah, so I, and I'll be there Saturday on the 5th. We said from 2.30 to 3.30, me and Andrew Robinson signing copies. And then, if you, and then the rest of the day, you'll see me wandering around looking for people to sign my own copy. And uh, and um, yeah, that's uh, that's about it. I'm writing every day at ScreenCrush.com. That's my that's my day job. Writing about movies, writing about TV. Uh, you can find me on there. And um, yeah, the book comes out on October 15th. That's the the actual release date. And I guess if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Matt Singer, that's probably the best way to find everything, because whatever I'm doing, I'm posting on there anyway. So, yeah, that would that would be it. Scotty, Adam, any any last anythings? No, I just want to say a big thanks to Matt for uh, being so generous with his time and, um, you know, uh, talking to an extent about the book. The book's amazing. 
Uh, I urge anyone who's listening to the show uh, to get their hands on a copy, uh, especially it's a it's a must for any Spider-Man fan. I concur. Thanks, Matt. We're not. We're not actually just saying this like without having read the book. Like we got we got the opportunity to to, to read it, and and it really is everything that Matt and Adam um, have described throughout the show. If you're a Spider Man, this this is one of those things. You a Spider Man fan, this is one of those things you just need to add to your collection. Um, if if you know the movies have gotten you into the characters this is a really really solid way for for you to read something that'll sort of hit on all the things you need to read as a fan if you would like to get caught up and you can then sort of parse those things out and read them read them as you like uh, it is it really is a great companion to any fanship um or or if you just if you like to learn about the history of, of one of Marvel's most prominent characters, again, um, there's a lot of really, really good stuff in there. As he said, a lot of interviews um, and, and just a lot of time and effort put into this book on, on so many different fronts. Uh, and the art is just – it's aesthetically pleasing and, and, and it walks you through the stories. They actually pull the panels from the stories they're talking about and give you an opportunity to read what it is they're talking about instead of just trying to describe it. They're like, here, this is the scene we're talking about. Read it and then come back here, you know? And it's just, it really is a joy. It's a treasure. Um, and, and I say this as somebody who doesn't really care for Spider-Man. I'm more of a, I, I like his rogues gallery a lot more um, I do have an Iron Spider tattooed on me in my Infinity War sleeve. Wow. I, I, do I have an Infinity War sleeve on my left arm? I will have to send you a uh, a picture of what I've got going on. Um, and I'm, I'm my, my so one of my followers in exchange for a, a signed copy of the uh, X Men the the TV show the script of the first episode. Um, he drew up. A, uh, a Doctor Doom and uh, a uh, God King Doom with the Infinity Gauntlet so I can kick off the sleeve on my right arm because my tattoo artist owes me a free tattoo for entering, driving somewhere to enter uh, my tattoo and do a competition uh, a while back. So he owed me a free tattoo. So we uh, got this God King Doom all drawn up. And I'm sure Spider-Man will somehow make it into there as well. But I love his <laughs> I love his rogues gallery. And I have a lot of Spider-Man crap around my house because of that reason. And the mm. weird thing is, is I don't like Peter Parker, but I love a lot of the others. Those are, I, I, I'm really into the Spider-Verse. I like like you. I don't have any kids, but I love Spider-Gwen. I love her books. They're so much fun. They yeah. just are. They're a joy to read. Mm-hmm. And and we talked about friendly neighborhood and all that crap. But but again, I circle back to the book. It it truly is outstanding. It's called you know, Spider-Man from Amazing to Spectacular. It comes out October 15th. Insight Editions. Matt. You know, we we genuinely, A, can't thank you enough for giving us the opportunity to read this before we talk to you. So we didn't sound like, well, fools. I don't know. We still sound, <laughs> we, we still sounded like fools. But but no, seriously, thank you for the opportunity 
to to not only uh, interview you, but to read this book prior to so that we had the opportunity to talk to you about it. It was it was a true joy. And it, it, it was something that I didn't really put down except for when I had to. Like I like I said, I powered through it. And the only chapter I didn't read, which I skipped intentionally and will circle back to once once I finished off uh, the ultimate universe is that ultimate chapter. And that's only because there are so few surprises left in that for me. Like, I'm just trying to save any damn thing I can. So, <laughs> But it was a joy and a, re- a real pleasure to speak to you, man. Thanks, guys. Oh, this was a lot of fun. This is another part of the uh, process that doesn't suck is like just, oh, you want to talk about Spider-Man for an hour? Okay. This is a- <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm one of those people who like I could keep going. Like I, I, I you know, you talk about getting to meet your heroes. Like I got to do an interview uh, with Jamel Hill, and it was only supposed to be like 15 minutes, and it ended up like her, she just gave me like two hours of her time, which was insane. Because she's at work and she's just like, ah, I got you. It's okay. Don't worry about it. And I got to talk to her about like everything, everything. And it was just, ah, man, when you get those interviews with subjects that you love to talk about and, and Spider-Man is one of those topics, I could go on for hours too. So you, you fed the beast. You can talk. <laughs> we, we can talk. Yeah, no, this was a pleasure. Thank you. And I'm, I'm glad you guys uh, enjoyed the book. I mean, you're outside of people who are, you know, related to me or have to pretend that like they like it no matter what. Are, you're among the first people who got to read it. So it's great to hear that uh, you enjoyed it. That's awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah. How do we go about getting you to sign a copy for for us? Like? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know how we can do that. Cause, cause be, be, because you would be you would be my top choice to sign a book. Uh, that, that, that I wrote. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I would, I would have you as my top choice to sign a book that you wrote, but, but it would go on my shelf right next to the, uh, the, the black widow one. And previously on X-Men signed by Eric and Julia Leewald, which is, uh, all about the making of the X-Men, the animated series. Nice. If you, Uh, if you loved that show, you got to get that book. I, I did love that show. I, I'll have to check that out. I don't. I haven't read that book. I'll have to check it out. I don't. I don't know. If you come up with an answer, you let me know, and we'll, we'll I'll, figure it I'll, out. I'll tell you what. I've got a. Uh, I've got a script of the uh, first episode that I will send you, uh, and and we'll, we'll send it to you as a thank you. And uh, they sent it to us, so awesome. we'll send we'll send it to you as a thank you. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, man, thank you so damn much. We don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, I hope we can do it again after the book comes out and hits the New York Times bestseller list and <laughs> you're appearing on Leno. Like, don't yeah. don't forget yeah. about us. OK, we'll do. <laughs> Thanks again. So Matt Singer, author of Spider-Man from Amazing to Spectacular. It comes out. It's Inside Editions Press. You can pre-order it. Uh, Amazon, it's our available uh, I'm reasonably sure that if you go to his website listed in his uh, in his Twitter profile, uh, you can also get more information about the book and pre-order it. Am I am I wrong there? Nope, you are correct. So, and it would I believe it's at Matt Singer. Yes. Yes. 
at Matt Singer. So head over there, and that's how you find out any information about this book. Um, so once again, Matt, I just want to say thank you so much, and, and we'll let you get back to your day. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Take care. You too. Take care. Uh, all right, Matt. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. All right, you guys are clear if you want to wrap it up. Oh, yeah. So uh, I know we've got not much got, not got much to say, but uh, man, you, you know what I love about this show, Adam? What is that, Josh? It affords us the ability to do that, to talk to people who have a passion and a joy um, for Marvel Comics. And, mm-hmm. and many of them have been put in a position such that they are able to write uh, about some of these characters in an official capacity. And it's uh, – these interviews are so much fun, man. Like you're just like, dude, yeah, I can imagine doing that, man. I can imagine not being bothered by by much of the process when you're writing about a character that just meant so much to your childhood. Mm-hmm. Like – if you asked me to write a book about Calvin and Hobbes, like I'd be like, okay, let's do that shit. <laughs> I, I'm not joking. Calvin and Hobbes is like my all time number one comic. There is no comic that is better than Calvin and Hobbes. I will argue that in it from its, from its start run to its finish run, there is no comic that can compete with Calvin and Hobbes. None. Zero. Well, there's the book you need to write, man. Eh. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think uh, it's almost pointless to do a book about it because Bill Watterson is an absolute, like, I mean, fierce, fierce and vicious, just absolute recluse. Does mm. not do interviews of any kind. Has yeah. not, like... He, he, he does not seek fame, in fact, does not want it, does not want to talk to people. So there's really only so much you can write about Calvin and Hobbes because of that limitation. Right, the, uh, the, uh, the Salinger of, of, the, of the comic book word. He is, man, he is. Like, look up the number of interviews. Like, try and find a photo of him. Like... Forget interviews. Try and find photos of him. <laughs> it sounds like a book just in itself. <laughs> it, it, well, it's, it was a documentary, Finding Bill Watterson, I think. It's on a, it's on a, a Netflix. If you look up like Calvin and Hobbes or Bill Watterson, it's, it's, it's the documentaries on Netflix. I've never seen that come across my Netflix, which, which might explain the fact that I live in this internationally. But dear, is it Dear Mr. Watterson? Is that what it's yes, called? Yes, yes. It's Dear Mr. Watterson. Okay, I'll have to look that up. That sounds interesting. I, mm. I believe. Hold on a second. Let me let me let me make sure. No, it is. I just googled it. Yeah. Yeah, Dear Mr. Watterson. It's uh, it's 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 on Netflix. It's it's available. Like I even believe you can find it online if you really wanted to. It's an hour and a half. Uh, a lot of people hated it. I didn't. 
um, I thought it was good, but it paints the picture. That's all you really need to do is just like forget all the political stuff that's in it. Like if there even is any, I can't remember, but it paints the picture of like how difficult it is to obtain information from Bill. You know, like it's it's he lets the work speak for itself. Mm. You know. I'll have to look into that, man. But just further to your point you made a minute ago about the show, yeah, it definitely when you have someone, like you said, when you have someone who's passionate about the topic, come on and uh, just, you know, be willing to um, chew the fat, so to speak, in terms of uh, a topic um, at such great length. Um, it's a lot of fun, man, a whole lot of fun. It was a fun show. And, and it's crazy because we've got a hell of an October We've only just begun. Yeah, it's it's crazy because we we've got an opportunity to talk to some tremendous names upcoming. Um, we've got Daniel Kibblesmith. We've got who's, who's currently penning uh, the Loki book, which is outstanding, man. Uh, and I'm not just saying that. Like, I sought out Kibblesmith because I love the book so much. <laughs> like. Um, it was one of the things I knew was coming out of War of the Realms, and I was excited for that in Valkyrie. And Valkyrie's good, but Loki, Loki's been so it's it's been next level. So I I think I think it can be one of the best books in the series. But uh, then we've also got Roy Wood Jr. Um, of the Daily Show, who will be on to talk. Dude, well, he'll be on to talk. We'll just have some fun. Like we're just I'm going to let the conversation with Roy go where the conversation goes, if you know what I mean. Like I'm just I make no plans with someone that funny and that diverse. He can he can talk about a lot of different things. Yeah, you can have some fierce NBA conversations with him, too, Adam. So. He uh, he's 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 pretty learned on on just about everything. So it'll be curious and fun to watch that. But, uh, you know, man, I uh, I like I said, I just can't wait to uh, uh, to see what's going to happen. Um, we are crushing it on the show. Um, so uh, I don't have much to say. Uh, like I said, the book. Uh, the guest we had on, Matt Singer, the book uh, Spider-Man from Amazing to Spectacular uh, comes out Oct- or October 15th, and it's from Insight Editions. So uh, go and check out his book. Uh, it is outstanding, and he will be at New York Comic Con uh, from 2.30 to 3.30. So be sure to show up there if you want to get the book early. Uh, but outside of that, I think we've done enough. So we're going to bring this one to a close. Uh, for our producer, Scotty, um, I want to say thank you. Um, Scotty, how goes the podcast? Is it good? Um, Yeah, man. Uh, you know, are you talking about my show or yours? Yeah, yours. Oh, yeah. No, it's, you know, it's kind of on hold right now. I've had a little okay. bit of... I had a little bit of uh, medical issues right now. So. You have, you have. For those who don't know, Scott Scott had a uh, bursitis, and 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 uh, yeah, it's it's uh, he's been a warrior, uh, but it's it's been trying to take him out, man. It's been it's been vicious. So um, it's it's on the hold right now, but uh, 
hoping to get back at it soon. Uh, still have yet to get a hold of Steve, uh, our friend Steve Weish, but um, I'm trying and uh, efforting some other guests, so I will be back soon, guys. But uh, appreciate the time, Josh. No problem, man. Uh, so for Adam, I am Twist. Uh, you, once again, you follow the podcast at Third and Nerd, uh, number three, R-D-A-N-D-N-E-R-D. So Third and Nerd with the third is a number three. Uh, you can find Adam on Twitter at Housito, uh, H-O-W-S-I-T-O, and you can find me on Twitter at Fight on Twist. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back. Peace out, everyone.